is it not? It's oh, a great we're question. We're just going to start. Yeah, we're going to start right now. Welcome. Hi, Streakers. How are you? It's Jeff and Jamie. And, and we, we were, are started. We Welcome started. to the conversation because we just push play right in the middle of it. <laughs> you should see the look I'm getting right now. <laughs> really? Could you give me like a three, two, one? Let me know to stop talking. To for stop a talking. Then we're going to do it. Then we're going to we make go. this happen. We were debating whether or not we should include a a part of because Jamie, if you've been listening to a couple of last podcasts, we talked about make it stick. And there's a portion of the book that she was thinking about maybe including in this podcast. And you will find out as we go along if that dun, actually dun, dun. happens. Yeah. So welcome, welcome fellow streakers. <laughs> we're glad to have you. And thank you so much for those of you who have been reviewing the book. We certainly appreciate it. Reviews are the lifeblood of the book. They are the things that put it to the top of the list. And what that means is that when more people see it, we get more streakers. And more streakers means that we've you've got more people who are applying the principles of streaking to improve their lives, just like what we did and have been doing and feel so passionate about because of all the great things it's done for us. So if you have read the book, if you have a streak, please go on and give it a review. Yes, and please. And tell people that this is something that is worth looking at. Absolutely. Because that will then get it up in the rankings of Amazon or it will put it up in the searches or, you know, for someone that's looking for some type of book on self-improvement or whatever. You know, the other thing, Jamie, I was um, listening the other day to a couple of different podcasts. And by the way, our podcast this month, we're focusing on personal performance and how to improve our personal performance. I was listening to other podcasts to see if we could improve our performance on our podcast. And... As I was listening, you know, one of the things I thought about is there are many, many, many shows out there that review or get the authors of books on their show. And what I thought we could do is just like what we did with Make It Stick is with other books, we could talk about how you apply the principles of streaking to that particular book. That's a great idea. So we find a book, we, we, we highlight it. And by the way, so fellow streakers, if there is a book out there that you found particularly helpful and that is something that has inspired you and that streaking will help because we believe that streaking sits at the core of all of this. In other words, it's at the base. If, if I always like to say that there's a lot of what's out there and we learn, okay, this is what I need to do. And the streaking gives us the how. Yes. Beautifully said. So when you so share with us what your what is, because we would love to look at it and be like, okay, how okay, does let's streaking put it on the how help out there. you get yeah get this what into your life. In fact, that's what this show is a lot about is the conversation that Jamie and I are having is talking about applying streaking to all the different parts of your life, uh, be it professional, personal, physical, or spiritual. Those are the four parts of life that we look at that say you can apply streaking to it. So I was listening to these podcasts and I thought, you know what? One, I think, you know, you and I continue to look at what we can do to make this an easier listen for any of you who are listening to it. So that it's, you know, it's not efforting, but it's enjoyable. And it's also, I believe, something that is additive to your life, which is different than what we're going to talk about today. I wondered if you planted that on purpose. I absolutely did. So we were sent an article. So Cal Newport, this is from his blog, and he is the author of Deep, Deep Work. Work. Great book. Which, to be and honest, a new book, I, I think, yet, How to Think or something list. like that. Yeah, it should be on your list. It is absolutely phenomenal. And he has a new book out, How In to fact, Think. He is, so other than the streak of writing at least one sentence daily that get, got us to write the book, his deep work, he talks about deep work blocks where you block out time. Uh, we 
I did that, you did that in order to get the book written. That was another part of it as well. Really, really phenomenal. So our little promo is read Deep Work and then his next book. What did you say? Do you know? I think it's How to Think. I I have to look at it. I'll look at it. But while you're you're introducing that, that he wrote an article on his um, blog called The Neuroscience of Busyness. And he actually referenced another article from Nature Magazine. Um, I'm sorry, the journal Nature. In a paper published last month in the journal Nature, a group of scientists from the University of Virginia reported on a series of experiments designed to assess how we solve problems. He said, when presented with a challenging scenario, humans cannot evaluate every possible solution. So we instead deploy heretics to prune this search space down to a much smaller number of promising candidates. Hmm. Let me see if I said that word right. It is heuristics. Heuristics is enabling someone to discover or to learn something for themselves. So basically when I was researching this, what they're saying is when presented with a challenging scenario, humans cannot evaluate every possible solution. So instead we deploy trial and error to prune this search space down to a much smaller number of promising candidates. Interesting. So that was, as this paper demonstrates, when engaged in this pruning, we're biased towards solutions that add components instead of those that subtract them. So in other words, when we are looking at ways to solve problems and we're doing trial and error, we are much more willing to look at things that add. We're going to add something to our life. We're not going to take something away. Right, right. Um, And then this is a direct quote from the paper that was in the Nature magazine that was published. He says, Defaulting to searches for additive changes may be one reason that people struggle to mitigate overburdened schedules, institutional red tape, and damaging effects on the planet. Mm. So in other words, because we have this bias towards adding things, it's contributing to one. It came, it may be one of the reasons that we struggle with being overburdened or adding all kinds of red tape, making things more complicated. He said, and, and this now this is back to... Um, Cal writing. He said. Okay. Cal, you know, because we're on. Cal, because you're on first name basis. We're like this. We're hey, tight. Cal, we're on you? first name basis. We'll have him I've on read the show. We'll, we'll get him on the show. Since you're, you, you guys are besties, so we'll get him I'll on the show I think I'll read his soon. book before I get him on the show. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Cal and I, we're tight. As I read about this finding, and this is Cal speaking again. Right. As I read about this finding, I couldn't help but also think about the epidemic of chronic overload that currently affects so many, affects so many knowledge workers. And so... He goes on and talks a little bit about um, just this this idea that we are, there's so much to do. And, right. the, and the title of this was The Neuroscience of Busyness. And so I wanted to talk for a little bit. Hold on, go back to this, because uh, the article is People Systematically Overlook Subtractive Changes. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that's that, the article I, that was in the Nature Journal. That's right. Journal. That was okay, in gotcha. the Nature Journal. Because I went, after after you read this to me, I went and downloaded the actual article. article that he's referencing, and it is a very scholarly article. I mean, it's something that it's you written have written in to, a journal. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> People systematically overlook subtractive changes. So what does that mean? It means that when we're going to look at solving a problem or making, you know, do, improving something in our lives, we look to adding something. Systematically, systematically we're going to add something in order to 
solve that problem or make it better. And we're not going to look at, we're not even, not that we don't do it as much. We're not even going to look at it as an option. That's what this article is saying. Hmm. Not that we don't do it, but we don't even look at it as an option. Taking something away. So he has this great, uh, he he had this, uh, let me see if I can find it. Hold on one second. Pause for dramatic Pause effect. Pause for dramatic effect. It will be there. Here it comes. It's She's coming. finding it. She's scanning the article. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Drum roll, please. Like the subjects in the experiments reported in this recent paper, however, the best solution to these problems might often instead be to do less. You want more out of your employees? Radically reduce their responsibilities, then leave them alone to execute. You want your small business to grow. Wait, 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 wait. You got to go back. I know. That's why you gotta I, go back it took me a minute to find it. Because I'm, I'm processing this. I'll read that so again. You want, yeah, you read want, the one. You want your employees to do more. You want more out of your more employees. More out of your employees. Okay. You want more out of your employees. Go. Radically reduce their responsibilities, then leave them alone to execute. Now, no one will believe that. That's what I guess no I was saying. No one on the face of this planet will believe that. That's what this whole article is about, is it's saying we have a bias toward additive. So when we think something needs to change or be improved, we're like, what do we need to add? And not only, and that's why I said that a couple of times, is it's not just that that's what we do. It's that that's the only options we look at. We is don't even, adding. Is adding. We don't even look at the possibility that taking something away would be a solution. That's what this article is saying, is it's like, we have such a strong bias we only look at the additive things. We don't even consider the now, possibility that your, taking something so away. So in your personal experience, how come you think that is? I mean, because we, we do the same thing. I okay, mean, I've done it so I'm going to read this. Okay. You, want more, you want more out of your employees. Well, just tell them to do less. Everybody's like, it that's makes no never going to work. <laughs> They're going to take advantage. They're going to go on vacation. They're going to... But so inside, we don't believe... That if we, it's often what we talk about in streaking that you have to suspend disbelief. Totally. You have to, and the reason why I use it in that way, suspend disbelief, is because it's hard to say you have to believe. It's more I've got to suspend disbelief, and it gives me permission to re-engage disbelief if I if if I'm not proven true. Right. You see what I mean? I'm going to suspend disbelief, and I'll suspend disbelief for just a little bit of time, and if not proven true within that time, I'm going to re-engage my disbelief. So that's what, earlier when we started this podcast, we were talking about something that I had read in my Make It Stick book. My, it's my book It's your now. book now. You and these authors, you I just know. get on first name basis. <laughs> You're, you just are talking to each other now. We are just. What is it with this? I, you know. <laughs> so as you're, as you're getting to that, just real quickly, this, what you're describing is at the heart of streaking. Mm-hmm. In the sense that what we are talking about in law number one and making it laughably simple is actually a subtractive behavior. It's a subtractive. You are you are peeling away anything that would make that would stand in the way of it and making it so laughably simple that there's no reason not to do it. If you're new to the show, and by the way, we get hundreds of new listeners every single week. If you're new to the show. Streaking is all about doing something laughably simple, keeping a record that you do it on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis, and creating a community so that you can celebrate that success in the laughably simple thing. So speaking back to subtractive, not additive, being able to subtract 
th- you know, activities out in order to get better. When we talk about making it laughably simple, that's I think exactly it's what we're so doing, right? Isn't that, isn't that, and it's hard to believe, yes. and it's this idea of suspending disbelief on making something so laughably simple. Well, you just won't do it. We're just we're prone to being lazy, right. and we won't actually do it. You know what? In in fact, and in actuality, the more we schedule in, the more we put on top of our plates, the lazier we are. And here's the reason why I say that is because we think that we're going to be busier. So that's the or we or we add a whole bunch of non-value added things and then I finally am like I can't do any of this I'm going to binge watch you know the office but but all nine seasons or ten seasons or how many ever seasons are out but the illusion that because we were busy we were making progress because I think sometimes the art of subtractive is being able to say yes to the right stuff and no to the other stuff yeah. Or maybe sometimes saying, well, I'm going to say no to this for right now because I want to say yes to this. Right. And so, and that's a hard thing to believe. Absolutely. That's a hard thing to want to do. So where were you going to go on, on okay, Make so It Stick? Make It Stick is, there's a chapter in there that's you, talking about- You and your Make It Stick buddies. Make It Stick, word like this. There's a chapter in there that talks about uh, when you're learning that you should mix up your practice. Okay. And so it's called the myth of mast practice. So mast Mast practices that you mass or mast mast m a s s e d so a oh, mass mast. all oh, okay. the practices oh, together a mast or mast mast okay m a s s e d sorry but you're I'm amassing with you now, honey. a whole bunch I'm of with you. so you're practicing the same thing repeatedly a whole bunch of times okay. to learn they're saying you know when right. you have a, something new that you want to learn. And they're saying that there's a little bit of a myth behind this. Most of us believe that learning is better when you go at something with single-minded purpose. The practice, practice, practice that's supposed to burn a skill into your memory. Okay. So it says that what they've done through research is recognized that practice that's spaced out, interleaved with other learning. So in other words, you're not just practicing the same thing over and over and over, but you're combining it with other parts of that practice. So you're Mm -hmm. interleaving it with other things and you vary it. Mm -hmm. So practice that's spaced out, not all at once, but you space it out over time, interleaved with other learning and varied produces better mastery, longer attention and more versatility. But these benefits come at a price. When practice is spaced, interleaved and varied, it requires more effort. You feel the increased effort, but not the benefits the effort produces. So in other words, it's harder to do. It takes more effort because you have to think about it more and you don't get that instant gratification that you get when you put something in your short-term memory and you can recall it real quick in that moment. Mm -hmm. So it says learning feels slower from this kind of practice and you don't get the rapid improvements and affirmations you're accustomed to seeing from massed practice. Mm. And this is the part that I wanted to point out. That was all background. This is the sentence that was important to me. Even in studies where the participants have shown superior results, so their results are better, from spaced learning, they don't perceive the improvement, and they believe they learned better on the material where practice was masked. So even though the results showed wow. that, they, that there was improvement, they didn't believe it. It still didn't, it wasn't comfortable enough. And, and they still didn't believe. So that's what I was thinking as we as as we we're looking into this, this idea of being busy and that busyness is is making it kind of gives you a shot of endorphins. Right. I mean, yes. you've got the busyness. That's this little shot of endorphins that says, hey, I'm busy. I'm productive. I'm productive because I'm busy. 
and busyness equals productivity. Mm -hmm. When in actuality, busyness does not equate to productivity or better performance. It just re equates to busy. Right. And some of the maybe good and high performance, like we talked about last time, the high the performance curve. Right. Other mediocre. Most of the time, it's mediocre performance, and then sometimes low performance. And so the idea of looking at and being able to suspend our disbelief. So that's why I brought that up is because sometimes we really do have to look at it and say, I know I'm having trouble believing this, but it's true. <laughs> and so when I look at streaking, setting a laughably simple streak, something that is, in my mind, like you said, subtractive. You've, you've taken away the idea that it has to be big and amazing, and you're taking away the the idea that it has to be this huge amount of growth right away. I yeah. think that's sometimes what stops us from progressing is we want a big chunk of time so that we get that that reward of instantly seeing, oh, I made a lot of progress because I worked on that for an hour and a half. Right. I'm not going to look at it again for two months. Right. But for that hour and a half, I really I made progress. It. What we're saying and recognizing is that when you space something out and you combined it with other things, you it sticks with you longer. And so the patience that comes from having a streak, in other words, you make it laughably simple so it's doable, and then you record it and you consistent in, and the community gives you that that ability to kind of have some of those endorphins that keep it going. What you're doing is allowing for this place where you can have something that sticks. Mm. In our... Um, home in Colorado where we lived in the front yard and in the backyard, we had a drip system underneath the grass. It was called Netafim. And the way that it worked is you put down the Netafim and you um, then covered it with soil and then you put the grass on top of it. So there was no topical watering, no watering that no sprinkler, goes, head no that sprinkler heads that popped up, anything like that. And the whole idea was you needed to water less because it was dripping consistently every single day, you didn't have to water as much or put as much water on the lawn in order for it to remain green. And in fact, there were, there were actually many times where we, had, we thought that it wasn't watering enough. We didn't believe that the we water was enough. We did not believe it was hard. And so I, I increased the time that it was watering and it started to perform big pools at the bottom of this just a little hill but in the in the front yard do you remember that mm -hmm. i mean there's sometimes where i'm like oh i've got to turn that I'm to sure. where it was like i mean we'd water maybe 2 3 minutes mm -hmm. uh, per zone a day and that subtract and the grass was green and it was beautiful and it was fantastic but if we did more than that it would actually it, it was it was too much the mm -hmm. the lawn couldn't handle it so this is my metaphor that was going through my brain as you were talking about practicing and everything else it was it was small, tiny drips done consistently over time that produced the green grass and did not flood it. If we increased the amount, all right, or the intensity of the water, if you will, it flooded it. I think that's happens in our brains. I agree. When so we're it, learning. You flood it and it and, and, and you get that instant gratification that you're like, look, there's all that water. Right. And then you don't come back to it. And so this this period of flooding and dry and flooding and dry doesn't produce growth that sticks. Right. Whereas this, I love the Netafim analogy because the Netafim was actually a grid system mm -hmm. that was spread across the entire lawn, equally spaced, 
with tiny little drips. Every, and I remember, every what were they? Every twelve inches or every sixteen inches or something like that. And I remember when we put it in the when we put it on the the dirt because we laid it all out and then put the sod over it and we had turned it on. I really struggled because I just it it's literally tiny little drops of water. Yeah. And I remember looking at and so we would turn it on. And there would be this tiny little circle of wet patch, about two inches. You know, every dot had a little wet patch circle. By, and I'm like, there is no way this is going to work. <laughs> exactly. But I trusted. There is no way. I had to set aside that disbelief and trust and be like, okay, this is going to work. Yeah. So it's interesting to me to look at and to think that this idea of busyness, this idea that when we want to improve, the only thing we look at is additive, that we don't even consider that maybe pairing it back and making it more simple, even more simple than you thought, but adding that, that and that's consistency. Why I, love, I really do love the word laughably. It, is, it just has this ring to it that when you can laugh at it, it's, it's simple enough at that mm-hmm. point. It gives you a measure. It gives you a barometer, a measure to see, to say when it's simple enough, because it's not, you know, because people could say, well, I'm going to and exercise 15 minutes a day and say, that's simple. Well, two things are wrong with that. One, a time streak is really bad. They're hard. Because the clock becomes the object of your focus rather than the activity that you're doing. So that's number one. And two, time streaks, you would not believe how hard it is to do something for 15 minutes every single day. Your mind just becomes obsessed. It's it's the most awful thing in the world. (laughs) You have a thing with time streaks. I do. I know. And I know that there are those out there. There's a few of our streakers out there who have some time streaks. What I feel, though, is that the activity is is the thing on which I am putting my focus. And that activity is reading the sentence or reading the paragraph or writing the sentence or studying the vocabulary word or, um, you know, reading the verse or um, study or reviewing the uh, development card. You know, any of those things in their personal, physical, uh, professional or spiritual world of my life, it's it's the simplicity of those, the laughably simple things that has helped me to have that success. So subtracting things out, that's really that's really profound. I like Just that whole idea. Just this idea that in my mind when I read that, I thought making it simpler is an option, but it's not an option that we have a bias towards. It's not something we believe works. And so we are, there's something inside of us that says, no, we have to make it bigger. We have to make it more. Obviously, we need to talk about this next time. But I'm curious. So you're a mom of many children and children have a lot of demands. I mean, you have seven. I I mean, Mm -hmm. we have them together, but you're a mother of seven children. How do you subtract things out of your life in order to have personal performance and improvement? We'll talk about that next time. All All right, folks. Uh, that's about it for today and really appreciate you listening in. We would love to hear from you and feel free to check out the Streaking Mastery website, www.streakingmastery.com or uh, give us an email, Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y at streakingmastery.com or Jamie at J-A-M-I at streakingmastery.com. And again, feel free to review the book or download the app and review it. We're at Apple or Google Play. Love it. It, And reviews are the lifeblood, like we said before. So until we talk again. Keep streaking.